Welcome to the week leading up to Christmas and to our study room here at Back to the Bible. Hi, I'm Woodrow Kroll. I'm Nigel Wilkinson, and welcome to this edition of Back to the Bible as we wrap up our week-long series, How to Have the Best Christmas Ever. And Dr. Kroll, what do you have in store for us today? Today, we want to think about how the praise began to flow when the shepherds first got the announcement that there was a Savior born. Okay, well, can you give us a little more of an idea of exactly what you're going to be focusing on? Well, for those of us who do not sing, there's, there are other ways to praise the Lord other than singing. Singing's a great way, but, you know, if you're not gifted musically, you might just... Well, remember the song, Count Your Many Blessings, Name Them One by One? You could praise the Lord simply by writing down the blessings you have at this Christmas season. And here's the thing, the more we write down the more we remember, and the more we remember, the better Christmas we have. I want you to have the best Christmas possible this year, and that's what we're going to talk about today on Back to the Bible. Sounds great. Well, before we get into today's study, just to let you know that our 2024 calendar is now once again available in Mandeville at Forever Young, located in the Manchester Shopping Centre, for your contribution of $700 each. Now, let's join Bible teacher Woodrow Kroll in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, as we head into our final reflection of the week on how to have the best Christmas ever. I've made, um, well, eight suggestions so far, and if you happen to miss those suggestions, let me just tell you what they are. Number one, you need to begin with preparation. Don't let Christmas sneak up on you. Go back to Luke chapter 2, read the story, learn a little bit about the characters in the story, begin by preparation. Secondly, proceed with humility. Christmas can be a grandiose time of year. You spend a lot of money, probably too much money, and yet you forget that this is all about a barn. It's all about a stable. It's all about a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. It's all about humility. God became a man. My third suggestion to you was this. You need to enjoy the fellowship of other people at Christmas time. Get as many people around you, and if you have some friends that are alone this Christmas, invite them over. Mary and Joseph were together. The angel made the announcement, and suddenly he was joined with a multitude of other angels. They were together. The shepherds were together. Spend some time in fellowship with other people this Christmas time. And then my suggestion number four was to spread the goodwill. You know, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill to men. Find ways, creative ways, for you to spend goodwill this Christmas time. Suggestion number five was to get lost in the glory of Christmas. The glory of God came down to earth. Just ordinary shepherds seeing the Shekinah glory of God and an angel standing in front of them, and, and they're just drinking in the wonder of all this. Well, you and I kind of miss that, and, and we can't be shepherds, and we can't go back and replicate this, but we can read about it and put ourselves in the position of those shepherds. That'll help you have a good Christmas. And then here's suggestion number six. Bask in the wonder of all this. Remember, Mary thought about it. Joseph thought about it. But the shepherds really are the ones basking in all this wonder. They said, this is a good thing. Well, they didn't have much to talk about as shepherds, but this was a really good thing for them. Bask in the wonder of Christmas. Don't lose the fact that at Christmas, God became a man. That's a wonderful thing. And then suggestion number seven was make time for meditation. 
Mary did that. Mary pondered all these things and kept them in her heart. You and I need to take some time just to think about what happened at Christmas. And yesterday, our final suggestion was make room for the Savior. You know, I think the saddest expression in Luke chapter 2 was there was no room for them in the inn. You will not have the Christmas you could have this year if you forget to make room for Jesus. Now, let's go back to Luke chapter 2. We're going to read a little deeper into the story today because this is our last day dealing with this subject, how to have the best Christmas ever. And I want to look at allowing the praise to flow from your lips at Christmas time. There is no better time to praise the Lord in Christmas. They did that. If we do the same thing, I think we'll have a better Christmas. If you have a Bible and want to follow along at home, it's Luke chapter 2. Today, we're going to begin reading at verse 15, deep into the story, verse 15. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying that was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. It's that last expression, verse 20. They returned, glorifying and praising God. Now, that's why we want to spend our time thinking about today. If we want to have the best Christmas ever, we need to learn how to take from this Christmas not just a lot of presents that need to go back to the store tomorrow or the day after Christmas. We need to take from this Christmas the wonder of Christmas. We need to take the praise of these men, these simple shepherds. I mean, after all, once they found the Christ child, once they knew that this was the very special person that the Jewish people had waited for their entire lives... They couldn't keep quiet about it. And you know what? Christmas comes and Christmas goes, and it pretty much becomes routine for us. Ho-hum, another Christmas come and gone. But if we allow the praise to flow from our lips, Christmas will be a lot better season for us. Now, how do you do that? Let me suggest several things to you. If you're looking for a list of things to praise the Lord for, start with the fact that God loved you. I mean, that's something to praise the Lord for, because after all, you and I are not exactly lovable people. That's not to say we aren't nice people. You may be a very nice person. But if you're God and are holy and you look at you and me who are unholy, it's not easy to love us. Paul captures this in the book of Romans where he says, Some would dare to die for a good person, but who would die for a sinner? And the answer to that question is, Jesus would die for a sinner. So if you're looking for something to praise him for, praise him for coming to be a babe in arms so that he could grow up to be a savior on a tree dying for you. Praise him for the love of God for you. Praise God for providing a savior for you. I mean, after all, God doesn't have to do this. Christmas could possibly never have happened if it was not for the love of God. So don't just celebrate this Christmas because that's another Christmas. Celebrate this Christmas because it is the greatest reflection of God's love for you and providing a Savior for you. And then celebrate the fact that God made this story so simple to understand. I mean, this is not a deep theological story here. It's a story about a man and a woman and a baby and shepherds 
and donkeys and angels and a little town and a birth that changed the world forever. We're not talking about deep theological truth here. We're talking about a love story that features God's love and the love of Mary and Joseph for each other. Oh, and the love for a baby that proves God's love for you. So praise God for the simple things of Christmas. Praise God for giving you the opportunity to read the story in your own language. Praise Him for giving you the opportunity to understand it. And praise Him for giving you the opportunity to respond to it. You know, this is not just a story that we read and forget about and go on. This is a story that evokes from us some sort of response. If God loved me this much, what am I willing to do to show that love back to him? If God loved me this much and brings to me the story of Christmas, am I going to be like the shepherds and tell everybody I know? Or am I going to be like most of us and let it go by and not tell a soul? Your best witnessing opportunity ever is this season. It's the time you can tell your brother-in-law you love him because God loves him. And by the way, here's why God loves him. He sent his son to this earth. It's the time for you to tell that cranky neighbor that in the spirit of good Christmas cheer, there's great news and there's great joy because God brought a savior to that cranky neighbor. It's time for you to be vocal about praising God. I don't know how you'll choose to praise God, but one of the ways you can make this Christmas the best Christmas you've ever had is to make sure that you praise God this Christmas. Praising God is not something we do when we feel like it. It's praising him because we have something to tell people. You know, John Wesley was not only a great preacher, he was a great theologian. In 1791, John Wesley lay on his deathbed about to die. He was 88 years old. And yet, while he was in a very serious state of health, and while some of his friends and family gathered around him, even though John Wesley had to persevere and he had a lot of persecution while he was preaching, on his deathbed, John Wesley began to sing a hymn. And the hymn he chose to sing was, I'll praise my maker while I'm on earth. And he knew he wasn't going to be on earth very long. And that's a song that we don't know anything about today. But it was a popular song in Wesley's day. When you and I come to the end of the day for Christmas, will we be grateful to our friends for the presents we got? Will we be angry for the ones we didn't get and expected? Or will our lips be filled with praise like these sincere shepherds who went out and told everybody they knew, praising God and glorifying Him. Want to have a good Christmas? Have this kind of Christmas. Do what the people in the Christmas story do, and you will have the best Christmas ever. I'll be back in just a minute to look at number 10, the last of our 10 tips on how to have the best Christmas you have ever had. This is a Back to the Bible Bible teaching you can trust. You don't need to read the latest headlines. You already know the concerns our world has today. But if there were a headline topping all the other headlines, I think it would read something like this. We've lost our way. So where do we find it? Well, in the Bible, of course. And that's why here at Back to the Bible, we broadcast daily throughout the world to bring people to the Scriptures to understand God's absolute and eternal truths to target youth and other audiences with daily scripture readings. Hey, listen, it's working. Our efforts are being blessed. We're seeing results. We're seeing lives changed. 
People are finding the way to live. But we can only do it with your help. This ministry is listener-supported. That means we rely completely on your help. So if you've been impacted by Back to the Bible, please send a gift to help us remain effective for you and to help millions around the world. Your donation, no matter how small, will go a far way in ensuring that we can continue to reach the world with the life-transforming power of God's Word on a daily basis. Donations can be made via online bank transfer or in-bank deposit. Our account is with the Halfway Tree branch of the Bank of Nova Scotia, account number 428310. That's account number 428310 at the Halfway Tree branch of Scotia Bank. Checks can be sent to us via mail to Back to the Bible, Box 123, Kingston 10, Jamaica. Please make checks payable to Back to the Bible. Of course, you can always come by our office in Hagley Park Plaza to drop off your donation or make your contribution via our point-of-sale machine. Now, as we get back to the Bible, here once again is Bible teacher Woodrow Kroll. You know, every time I read this Christmas story, there are certain things that strike me, and other things probably will strike you. It strikes me in verse 11 that it says, There is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior. If the question is, will God ever provide a Savior? The answer is, there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. But here's something that strikes me about the shepherds. Shepherds are out on the hills. They're tending their flock. Very lonely job being a shepherd. Uh, not, not very high in the social register either. If you were a shepherd, you could not be called into the court of law as a witness because you were not deemed as a reputable character. You were a shepherd, you know. Well, these people didn't have much to live for, and sheep would not be high on my list of things I wanted to live for. So their lives are pretty mundane, pretty boring. And yet it's to shepherds that God entrusts the greatest story ever told. People who are not high in the social register and people who can't even be called into court as a witness because they're generally liars, that's not the people I would entrust this story to. But then again, God doesn't do things the way I would do things. And thank God, he does them the way he wants to do them. Now, what strikes me about these shepherds is this. It says, verse 15, So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. It just strikes me, strikes my funny bone. Shepherds are out there, they have a mundane life, nothing happening in their lives. The glory of God shines around them. An angel appears to them and says, The Savior has been born. And they come to this wise conclusion. We ought to go look at this, you know. What else are they going to do? I mean, they have sheep to look at. This is amazing to me that they're so casual about their approach and going to see the Christ child. But they go and they find the babe there. And here's something else strikes me. Always is funny. This has struck me since the day I was a five-year-old. Verse 16. It says, They came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Must have been crowded in that manger. Mary and Joseph and the babe all in there. Now, I think there ought to be a comma in there somewhere. They found Mary and Joseph, comma, 
And they found the babe. And Mary and Joseph were not in the manger. The babe was in the manger. But here's the most striking thing to me about the shepherds. It says this. Verse 19 tells us Mary kept these things inside and pondered them. That's meditation. That's important. The shepherds, on the other hand, didn't keep anything inside. Look at verse uh, 20. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all these things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Now, here's the one thing you have to appreciate about these shepherds. They may not have been credible witnesses in a court of law. But if you ask anybody in the first century, what can you tell me about Jesus? The shepherds can tell you he was born in a stable and laid in a manger. And know why they can do that? Because they heard these things and they saw them. Listen, the man with an experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. These shepherds may not know much, but they know what they saw in that manger that day. They were there. They saw it. They heard it. They have something to tell the world. And this Christmas will be a much better Christmas for you and me if we recognize you and I have something to tell the world that the world may not be ready to hear, but needs to hear. So the last tip I have from the Christmas story is this. You will have a better Christmas this season if you tell everybody you know. I mean, just be like these shepherds. They're glorifying God or praising God for the things they have heard and seen as it was told them. The shepherds were told by the angel There's been a Savior born in the city of Bethlehem. The shepherds get this brilliant idea. We ought to go see this. They go to the stable. They find Mary and Joseph. They see the babe lying in a manger. And when they leave, they can't keep quiet about it. Now, I wonder if a week from today, Christmas will all be over for this year. I wonder how easy it will be for us to keep quiet about it. For another 360 or so days. See, one of the reasons why Christmas may not be as enjoyable to us as it ought to be is that we have forgotten that the whole idea of Christmas is for us to tell people about it. I mean, the shepherds are not the first people who ever asked to tell the world about the Savior, tell the world what has happened. I've asked our study group here to read some verses for us. I want you to hear what God has to say about why it is important for us to know the Christmas story and to know it's about God's love. And I've asked Gene if he would read the first verse for us, and it is probably the most popular, certainly, verse in all the Scripture, and that's John 3.16. Don't lose the impact of John 3.16. Gene, read that for us, please. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Don't forget the story of Christmas is the story about God's love. The ultimate emotion of Christmas is the emotion of love. God loved us so much, he sent his son to be born and to die for us. But Christmas is more than about God's love. The story of Christmas is also a story about God's mercy. I've asked Lisa to read for us Psalm 86, verse 5. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon you. God is good and he abounds in steadfast love. That steadfast love is the mercy of God. God's mercy is his love that never leaves us, even when at times we're not very lovable people. 
So the story of Christmas is a story of love. It's a story of mercy. It's also a story of God's patience. I mean, God waited a long time ever since Adam and Eve sinned. God has been waiting for this day. Let's hear about God's patience. Nicole, will you read for us Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. Yeah, when the fullness of time had come. Now listen, if you didn't know that there was a Messiah coming, you wouldn't be counting the days till he got here. You know, remember when you were a kid how you counted the days to Christmas? Now you're not counting those days anymore, I understand. But when you were a child, you counted the days to Christmas because this was very important to you. Imagine God's patience in waiting all those years for the day that his son would be born and a savior would be provided. He'd been promising it. All the prophecies of the Old Testament are leading to it. But the patience of God, the story of Christmas is the story of God's patience. He waited and waited and waited until just the right day at the right place, at the right time. And the Christmas story is also a story of God's grace. Meredith is going to read for us Titus chapter 2 and verse 11. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. The grace of God has appeared. Appeared where? In Bethlehem. Appeared when? That first Christmas. Appeared how? In the form of God's great gift to us, a baby. Born to set us free. Now, if you're not enjoying Christmas the way you think you ought to be enjoying it, maybe it's because you're spending too much time running between department stores or adding to your Christmas list or planning the turkey or whatever you're planning for Christmas. You can have the best Christmas ever if you go back to the story of Luke 2 and each day between now and Christmas pull from this story something you never saw before, and make that a part of your Christmas this year. My prayer for you is that this year you will have the best Christmas of your life. Thanks for joining us today here on Back to the Bible brought to you by Back to the Bible Broadcast Jamaica in partnership with listeners who give in support of this ministry. Our office is located at shop number 22, Hagley Park Plaza, Kingston 10. Our office hours are from Mondays through to Fridays from 8.30 a.m. through to 4 p.m. We can be contacted via email at backtothebibleministry.com at gmail.com Our office number is 876-926-5765 and our cell and WhatsApp number is 876-337-6295 To listen to this study again or some of our previous studies they are available in our free mobile app along with other Bible engagement material. Just look for BTTB Jamaica in your app store. That's BTTB Jamaica. You can also listen and download our studies from other podcast platforms, including Podbean, Google, Spotify, 
and Amazon Music. Be sure to look for Back to the Bible Jamaica. Before we go, just a reminder that our 2024 calendar is available in Mandeville at Forever Young, located in the Manchester Shopping Centre, and of course also from our office here in Hagley Park Plaza, for your contribution of $700 each. Well, Dr. Kroll, excellent tips on how to have the best Christmas ever. I think most of us are ready with just a few days to go until Christmas, but there's still plenty of time for anyone that is tuned in to have the best Christmas ever. So, one more time, Dr. Kroll, where do we start to have the best Christmas ever? We're going to go to Luke chapter 2. I'm encouraging you to do this every day. There are only 20 verses in this story. There's more in the story, of course. But the first 20 verses of Luke chapter 2 will help remind you of what that first Christmas was like. Pull from that all the insights you can and make those happen this Christmas. Well, thank you for joining us today. The weekend is here. You're going to want to be in your place this week serving the Lord in your local church. Getting prepped for Christmas Thanks for being here today. God bless you. I'm Woodrow Kroll. Have a good and godly day. For if what lasting value is a good day, if it's not also a godly day.